Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you today? I pray all is well. This message stirs your faith, falls on good ground, produces good fruit in your lives. Today, we're going to talk about tears, tear, tears, tear. And you know what? I want to say a prayer first because I feel like this one might might be a a tear jerker. <laughs> so let's say a prayer. Spirit living God, we come to you right now. I just want to say thank you for allowing my brothers and my sisters to hear and receive a word from you, God. And thank you for choosing me to deliver this word. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. You know what each person faces, the challenges they face, and you know what decisions they have to make in their lives. So, Father God, give them guidance, instruction, clarity on the vision, on how to make those changes in their life. Give them strategy, Lord, on the best way to go about doing it and give them peace in their heart to know that whatever decisions they are making in their life for the betterment of them, that you are helping them through and through. You have them in the palm of your hands. You know their names. You are holding each person's hand as they go. Let them know that they're not alone in making the decision. And though it may seem challenging and though people may not like the decisions that they make to better themselves, to get healthier, to live a balanced life, God, give them peace to know that they are making the best decision for themselves. Let it be your will, God, and not our own. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So tears, tear. I wish I could get off of relationships right now, but I can't. <laughs> so we're going to talk about it. And, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I knew this season um, was going to stretch me to talk about some things that I haven't talked about before. Particularly because I didn't want to. <laughs> Let's just be honest. It's called spade a spade. I didn't want to talk about it. And then the other thing was that I just felt like maybe I'm not the right person to talk about it. Because especially when it comes to relationships, baby, I have seen them all, had them all, done it all, okay? And so it was like, I don't know, God, if I'm the right person to talk about relationships. I'm not going to lie to you. I even felt like maybe I should wait till I get married to talk about relationships. But I'm so thankful that God gives us strategy. And when he gave me the strategy of a vision series, which is what this entire season of uh, season five of the podcast is all about, when he gave me the strategy for the season, he was like, you're going to teach you on vision and you're going to talk about part of it being relationships. And if you've missed it, I'll, I'll say it again, you know, as I stated before, part of what I'm going to be teaching in this entire season. So it's not going to be every day we're going to touch on, you know, all of this, but throughout this entire season, I'm going to help you get clarity on the vision for your life. This is your overall life. So we're not going to talk about one area. I'm going to help you understand your vision, how to operate in your vision. They'll have the right team surrounding you to see your vision grow and how to show up and execute your vision properly, effectively, and efficiently. Because again, you cannot move forward in anything if you don't know the direction you're going. 
That's relationships. That's friendships. That's even in your family, leading your family, um, on your job, even driving somewhere. I mean, you may get in a car and say, I'm just going to drive around. But there's somewhere in your mind that gives you the direction of where you're going. Something pops up in your head to say, let me go get something to eat. Let me get some ice cream. Let me go to the store for this, that, something. Even if it's to go get gas. You, you don't just wander around in life. You can't. Without a vision, the people perish. Or if there is no acceptance of divine guidance, guiding your path, then you will run wild. You will... um. You will... What's the word I want to use? I say you won't, you'll run wild. Because I know people use that term of like running wild in terms of a good thing of just being free. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you'll run wild in the construct of not knowing where you're going. And you'll just be wandering in life. Just allowing life to happen to you. And and I ex- I understand that because I've experienced that too in my life. Where... My vision wasn't as clear. Like I had kind of overall general idea of what I wanted to do and where I was going in life and what I wanted out of my life. But I didn't get down to the nitty gritty. I didn't get down to the details to make it plain. You know, I didn't write it down to make it plain so that if somebody was to come along and help me out, they could be able to see it and help me because they can actually read it on a paper and know where we're going. It wasn't plain. So I had just like general like, oh, okay, this is what I want. And a lot of people live their life that way. Like, for example, how many times have we heard people say, oh, I want to be a millionaire someday? Well, that's kind of like overall arching of like what you want to do, but or what you want to have in terms of finances. But what is the the vision on how you're going to achieve it and attain it? <laughs> you know, and most people don't know that. Because they never sat down to write it down. And again, if you don't have no clear vision for the direction that you're going in your life and the step-by-steps on how to get there, you'll never achieve it. It'll just keep being this airy thought in the clouds that you have of like what you want in your life, but there's no plan of action to achieve it. And I had to learn this in my life. So that's why I'm here to teach it to you. You got to have a clear vision and step-by-steps on how to achieve it and even in the step-by-steps have flexibility because you may make your plans but because we're not in control God determines our steps so you may make your plans all day long and think that by this particular day and time it's going to happen but as many people saw with COVID-19 when it hit the entire world many people had their plans their five-year 10-year goal plan what they was going to do with their job and how they were going to come up in their job and what their savings and funds were going to look like and then a pandemic hit something that came out of nowhere that was not in any human beings plans and it you know kind of deter people it kind of knocked you off the game because you were not expecting that so When it comes to vision, you want to have a clear direction of where you're going. You want to write it down to make it plain. Put together a plan of action on how to go about it. Pray to God for some strategy. Because I'm telling you, baby, I wouldn't be here today without praying to God consistently for strategy. Because he'll give it to you. He says, ask me for wisdom and I will give it to you. But when you ask, make sure that you're asking solely in him and not in the world. Because then you'll be living a divided life. 
trying to do things the way the world does, but still asking God for direction because God's kingdom is very different than this world we live in today. And I taught an entire series on that <laughs> last season and uh, last year of season four. So if you missed the kingdom ambassador series, then baby go check it out. Okay. <laughs> but tears tear. Why I um, want to talk about that today is because we have to understand that when you don't have the right people around you and you don't have the right seed planted in you, then it will look like one thing and it'll be something different. For those that do not know what tares are, T-A-R-E-S, it's actually a weed. And so go Google it, T-A-R-E-S, and you can actually see what that looks like. Sorry, I don't have imagery to put up for you right now, but you got a, you got a phone, go Google, baby, go Google. And so, um, but one thing with tares is that they look like wheat. It looks like a plant that will give you nutrients and provide you with all the resources that nature gives us, that, that plants and trees give us. And so you will see this tear and think that there is some seeds in there of goodness. There's some wheat in there that you can eat. You can even see some weeds grow up and they look like actual other flowers. And you're like, wow. Or they, I've even seen actually in a neighbor's backyard a weed that looks like a tree it grew so tall that it looks like a tree and it's actually not a tree at all it's a weed with poison ivy growing on it i had no idea and so you'll have these things that i use practical examples for spiritual principles for those that do not fully understand what i'm saying just give me time you have things in your life that look like one thing, but they are not really what it's supposed to be. And what happens is every time there is a weed in your life, something that is um, an infection, if you will, something that is not serving any purpose or value and is just draining you, something that is not bettering you, it is not adding you nutrients, it is not nourishing you, it, it eventually tears we could see that in, in terms of construction. If you go to some construction sites or even just, um, matter of fact, I'll give you a perfect example because you can Google this, Chernobyl. When Chernobyl first um, was up and running in the power plant and all that, go Google, know your, your history. Um, this is, I think, in Ukraine um, or the Soviet Union. So in Chernobyl, they had this power plant. And they created like an entire city around this power plant so that the workers and their families could live there. Well, when one of the nuclear reactors explodes and causes all this poison to come out into the atmosphere, the people have to quickly leave and abandon everything. And so if you look at when Chernobyl falls happened, I think that was in the 1950s or 60s. I think it was the 60s. You see, um, you see what happened and it's like, oh, wow, this, this amazing city and it's a great docu-series or, uh, that they did on HBO Max. If you have that app, it's, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Uh, Chernobyl, go check it out. But anyway, um, you see what was once a beautiful city, but if you Google it today, all you see is nature. 
that has grown up around the playground, grown up through the buildings, grown up around the reactors and, and, and nature took back over. What do we see? We see that was once something there, vibrant, and and people were able to live on flat surface, basically, now became torn and uprooted so that the trees and the weeds and, and everything else is growing back there. Nature took back over. Same thing happens in our lives. If we don't uproot what is no longer serving us purpose of value, then two things happens. Number one, it chokes out the good that you're trying to do, how you're trying to better yourself, how you're trying to grow. And I feel like I hear somebody saying, yes, girl, yes, I'm doing my life right now. I, I see you, sis. I see you. <laughs> you know, or, or it's going to cause you to conform and pretend that it's the normal when it's not. It's like a person who breaks a leg and instead of going to get surgery, they just patch it up. And over time, if it doesn't fall off and get infection and come, become gangrene, it may heal, but it never heals correctly. And so you've learned to function on that brokenness, that tear, but it didn't heal correctly. The only way when it comes to gardening to uproot a weed or to, excuse me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> the only way to deal with the weed is to uproot it and not smoke it. I know it's a little modern thing people do now. No. Uproot it and burn it. Discard it away so that it is completely gone. You know, I remember last summer I was in our backyard and um, just enjoying the birds chirping and, and whatnot. And... And I was just fascinated by this tree in a neighbor's yard. I don't know why, y'all. I was so fascinated by this tree. But I just kept staring at this tree. And and it, you know, it looked bright green. I mean, just, it looked, it seemed to be healthy. And I was just like, wow, that is such a big tree. And so um, my grandmother says to me, well, the neighbor's going to cut that down. And I was like, why would the neighbor cut down such a beautiful tree? And she laughed at me and she said, baby, that ain't a tree. That's a weed. And I said, what? I said, I, I know with all those beautiful green leaves. She said, those leaves are poison ivy. Child, baby, I didn't even know. I was so floored, so flabbergasted by the reality that what I was sitting here admiring, thinking that it was the business. It wasn't. It was poison. And what seemed to function on the surface as good underneath was tearing up some stuff. Come to find out that that weed actually started to tear into the basement level at the root system, basically tear into the basement level of the neighbor's house. And so they can't even use their basement no more until that whole thing is taken care of. But it is tearing into their basement now if you look on the surface level where the tree is at the base level it, it you don't smell it's a problem but not till you go underneath and you look at those roots and you like oh wow this is a big problem just like if you go try to eat the fruit from that tree the leaves and you realize oh this ain't lettuce 
<laughs> this ain't spinach. This this ain't the good leaves you can eat. This, this ain't collard greens, okay? This is, wow, this is poison ivy. This can kill me. And so what I mean by that in our real lives, who is in your life that looks like has been pretending to serve you purpose and is really draining you, is really killing you, is really just causing you havoc in your life. It is tearing things up in your life and not in a good way. And you may say, well, what do you mean by tearing it up in a good way? How can things be torn up in a good way? I'm glad you asked me. There comes a time that I've experienced in my life, which the Bible talks about as a wilderness season where things are being torn up in your life, but it is to produce more fruit out of you. It is to get you on your, on the direction you should be going. It is to help you to grow some more and develop some more. And so that's what I mean by like, who is in your life right now that is, if they're doing it in a good way, that is sharpening you as iron sharpens iron. So a friend sharpens a friend. If they are sharpening you to make you better, then okay, that's somebody that you want to keep in your life. But if you know, every time you talk to this person, every time you run this person, every time you're going out on a date, you just feel, you feel better when you're away from them. Then that's a problem. That's somebody that you need to uproot because tears tear. Another play on words, if you will, I love puns, if you haven't noticed, is when you have something that is tearing up in your life and not for the better, but for the worse, you cry over that thing. It hurts. It is like a constant gut punch every time. But you got to make a conscious decision today to say, who matters more in this situation, me or that person? Because the reality is, and I and I normally say this as it, as it relates to business, but I'll say this even in personal life. If you keep being around the wrong people, what's going to happen is they may cause you, not saying this is definite, but just hear me out here. Let's say you die tomorrow being around the wrong people that were not making your life any better, that were not growing you, maturing you, or strengthening you, or sharpening you. But were just dulling your knife. They were just constantly cutting you and leaving you dry, leaving you drained. You just constantly depressed, exhausted, anxious, stressed out, weary, worried, being around them, aggravated, angry, frustrated, being around them. Can't have no peace when you're around them. Let's say they send you to an early grave. Let's say you die tonight after hanging out with them. You know what's going to happen? They go and replace you with somebody else and wreak havoc in their lives. So again, the best way to, to deal with a weed or a tear is to uproot it. And you may cry in the process of uprooting it. Because if you've ever seen somebody struggling to pull up, and I know I've tried this before, to pull up a weed, it's a tough thing to pull up. It's, it's tough to cut out. But when you handle it properly or get the right tools the right resources to help you uproot it properly then you realize that what you were once aggravated for was just so easy to remove yourself i know i've been here from friendships to relationships to even job opportunities because sometimes everything that looks good 
is not God. Everything that looks like gold can be brass, <laughs> can be painted uh, metal. And you'll think it's solid gold and it's a painted rock. I've had jobs where, you know, I thought this is going to be a great career move and I'm going to, you know, climb the corporate ladder, so to speak. And it was it wasn't teaching me much at all. Or like what I was meant to learn, I learned very quickly and then wound up staying too long. Realizing the grace was leaving, but still was trying to hold on, still trying to make it work. And it was making me miserable. I'm not going to lie to you. I remember one time I literally sat at my desk crying, crying, literally wetting up the paper in the computer, crying. Because of the way I was being treated, how horribly I was being treated, how stressed out I was from that job. And I was a hard worker, still am. <laughs> but I remember just giving my all and still feeling undervalued and unappreciated. And I was just crying there. And I had a medical condition at that same time that also added to me just feeling the overwhelming pressure of crying because I had an accident. Happened to me and I was on crutches and I really needed to be at home taking care of myself, getting myself better so that I can then show up for this job. But they wouldn't let me. So because I thought that I needed that job, I thought I, it was a value. I thought it was gold. So I found myself sitting at the desk in excruciating pain while also crying because I've given so much to this job that doesn't even care for me. Don't even care that right now I literally should be on bed rest. Listen to the doctors. They were not willing to work with me at all. And and I, if I'm saying this because there's somebody out there that need to hear this. And so I remember just sitting at my desk crying. And people would walk past me, wouldn't even care to stop and say, oh my gosh, are you okay? What's wrong? You know, can I help you? Can I give you a hug? Nothing. Which further show you do not even care about me. And I prayed about it. And God had already said to me, I've told you to leave that place. Like I'd already given you your release that you should leave. That this job was not for you. That it no longer served any more purpose or value in your life. But you chose to stay. Longer than the grace was there. What I mean when I say the grace leaves us, it's not that the grace leaves completely. It's that the grace moves. And you have to be willing to move with the grace. You have to be willing to move with the peace and the pace that the direction of your life is going. I taught last season on a, a winning formula. So if you missed that episode, go listen to it. Because I gave a whole equation on what you need in your life. In order to see the success you want to see. Part of that is a pace for grace. You need to be able to know when grace is shifting and you got to shift with it. Because otherwise you'll be staying in something that then you are trying to operate in your own strength. And you are frustrated. You're stressed out. You're depressed. You're angry. You're irritable. You have no peace. Part of that grace is peace. And when the peace that comes from God is leaving something it's time to go. Now, again, I want to be clear here because I feel like there's going to be some people that might misinterpret this and feel like, OK, I'm in a situation that is constantly challenging me and it's getting on my nerves. 
and I feel like I had no peace with this. And, and so I'm leaving pause because one of the first words you just said was it's challenging you. So if it's challenging you, that means it's helping you become better. So that's not something that you want to uproot yourself from because it's helping you become better. And a lot of times we think that better is when the waves is calm. No. You can still get to your destination if things are not calm around you. It's about peace in your heart. Because there can be storms all around you. Raging war around you. But what's important in that storm is to understand what's producing out of you. Smooth seas never make good sailors. If there is no wind, if the water is still in calm and you are in a boat that's a sailboat, you're not getting anywhere because you need the wind to help you go. You need the waves to help rock the boat forward to where you're going. So take this as a precaution and use discernment what I'm saying today. You may be in something that is actually helping you become better. It's strengthening you. It's stretching your muscles. It is stretching your capacity to what you're able to hold. It's helping you to become the person you want to be. But there are some situations and some relationships that are just genuinely not serving any purpose. It's not making you better. It's making you worse. I was okay. So to give an example before we go. Excuse me. I remember being in a relationship with somebody. And I always was happier when they left. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I always was happier and felt more at peace when they weren't here. When they left. I don't care. We just went out on a date. I couldn't wait for the date to be over. Because they just constantly got on my nerves they constantly treated me unlovingly they would say it's love but the actions didn't match it and so I was just constantly irritable when I was around them I was constantly asking myself the question of what do you do for me if you missed yesterday's episode I talked a little bit about that like what do you do for me not how much money you had not many money how many cars you got not How much jewelry you bought me? No, like what do you really do for me that adds value to my heart? That adds value to my well-being? And when I looked at that and realized absolutely nothing, the decision became even easier. And I was able to hold on and focus on my why in order to leave and stay gone. Because I realize I am crying every time I'm with you. I have more tears than laughter when I'm with you. I got more questions than answers when I'm with you. There's no peace when I'm with you. I'm constantly irritable. There's there's constantly, every time we run each other, there's constantly something that we're arguing about. We can never have a normal conversation unless we have a sex. 
Let's just call a spade a spade. In that moment, we can agree. Sometimes. <laughs> and then when it's over, I'm back to crying. Especially because sometimes, to be honest, like, I mean, I even wanted sex in that moment. But because I'm such a selfless lover, I'm like, okay, fine. And I used to think, so ladies, tip real quick, this doesn't work. <laughs> I used to think that if I gave you what you wanted, you'll give me what I wanted. And it never worked. And what I realized was I had to make a change for me. In order for me to get what I want, I had to have a standard and uphold it. That means a healthy boundary that says you will not come past this because this is my level for myself to make me stay at perfect peace. And if you're not willing to respect it or abide by it, then there's a door. But it only came when I went through a season of separation, as I talked about before, when I decided to leave that relationship and really focus on healing myself, focus on growing and learning my strengths, my weaknesses, what makes me laugh, what makes me tick, what gets on my nerves, what calms my nerves, what do I want in a relationship, what do I want in a friendship, what do I have to offer that's not tangible things that other people can get themselves. Because a lot of people think that what I got to offer is some money, I got to offer a house, I got to offer you a car. People can get that by themselves, they don't need you in a relationship to get that. So what else can you offer me? What else can you do for me? If I'm at my down and lowest moment, can you pick me up? If I'm sick, can you really take care of me? Maybe you won't take care of me as effectively as I would take care of myself, but you almost darn near at it. You really nursed me back tough. Can you really give that nursing care to me that I give to myself? And if you don't give it to yourself, then this is your wake up call that it is time to tear away from people so that you can heal and grow to love yourself better. Because when we know ourselves, we're able to love ourselves better. And then in turn, we're able to love, love others even more effectively. But it starts with us first. We got to be willing to do the work. Tears tear. Don't let it keep tearing you apart. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May little God be gracious to you. Show you his favor and give you shalom. Give his peace. Take care. Love you guys. Bye now.